hopping right on the rant debate train right now. The Women's College National Championship game. You already know where I'm going with this. LSU defeated Iowa 102-85, but the score did not even have anything to do with the national media society buzz that this game has generated. LSU's Angel Reese did the John Cena, you can't see me, to Iowa's Caitlin Clark. And then, in front of her face, looking dead center at her, points to her finger where a ring would be as LSU was about to win the national championship, and obviously, they will receive a ring. Everybody is going off about how Angel Reese was classless and that shouldn't be in sports and things like that. Here's my opinion. This is a a detailed, intricate, complicated situation. First of all, Caitlin Clark, who I think is the greatest women's basketball player I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of good ones. I actually pay attention to college ball. She was doing that the entire tournament. She was doing the, hey, you can't see me the entire time. She didn't point to a finger, but almost every game, especially South Carolina, when Iowa defeated the defending national champions, she did it multiple times. She didn't do it in anybody's face, but she still did it. Angel took it a step further, did it in her face, and pointed to the ring finger. I don't think it's that awful. I do think maybe a flagrant or something like that for pointing at the ring and looking dead at her. In the NBA, if you look at somebody and do anything, that's a flagrant foul. You're getting called. So she should have got called or something should have happened. But this national outburst of being classless or anything like that, I don't think so. I think that's gamesmanship. I think that's being competitive. I think that's Caitlin Clark did it every to everybody. And now she got beat and the people that beat her did it to her. That has been happening in sports since sports began. In Roman times, in ancient Greece times, in the United States of America, at Olympics, at everywhere. We're competitive. We talk smack. The 92 Dream Team? With people like Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley. You don't think they were talking smack to other countries? Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen dog Tony Kukoc. It happens. It's not that big a deal. You take your flagrant foul, you move on. But why this is blown up is because it became a race thing. All over Twitter, all over Facebook, Caitlin Clark from Iowa is white. Angel Reese from LSU is African-American. That shouldn't even be a thing anymore. There is still racism here because we allow things like this to become a race issue. Instead of it being two athletes that were competitive and just either smack talking or showing aggression, we make it a black and white thing. And it's not. If it was two white people, it'd be the same thing. It would have got a foul. And that was the end of it. If it was two African-Americans, same thing. We move on. But it's an African-American and a Caucasian. So let's make it a huge, big old deal and throw it in everybody's face. So I'm not paying attention to it, except it was two athletes being competitive. It's not a black or white issue. It's really not. And in my point of view, Angel Reese should have done that. For sure. If Caitlin Clark has been doing it the whole time, and then you beat her, your team beats her by 17 points, for sure. If I was on that LSU team, if I had a wig and I was a female, and I was on that squad, I am doing that back to her for Sure. And Angel Reese had a great game. I believe she had a double-double, like 12 points, 10 rebounds, or maybe it was 15 and 10. But a great game. 
Caitlin Clark deserved that. She did. But you move on. And if Caitlin Clark does it again, she knows that it's possible for it to come back to her. And so does every other athlete. That's how competitive people work. That's all it is. But Caitlin Clark named the wooden player of the year, best college basketball player in the country. So she swept all the major awards. The Naismith, Associated Press Player of the Year, the Way Trophy, the United States Basketball Women's Association Player of the Year. Swept them all. She's got them. But when you average 27.8 points per game, which led the country, 8.6 assists, 7.1 rebounds per game, she had five triple doubles, including including a 40-point triple-double in the NCAA tournament, which is the first time in history. She also had 41 points in the Elite Eight. And in a single tournament, she set records with 191 points, 60 assists, and 32 threes. So you saw her just walk off the court when Reese did that to her because she understood. Hey, I did it to people. You do it to me. I got beat. I'm going to walk off. And next time I'm going to play better or harder, my team's going to win. That's what athletes do. She knew she deserved it because she did it. That's how it works. Man, they need me on ESPN to stop this black, white, oh, it was classless. No, it's athletes being athletes. Should have got a flagrant foul for doing the dead eye looking right at her, pointing to the ring. That's a flagrant foul. And then you move on. You move on. Just like we're going to do right now. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Don't know where you're listening to this one, but you can find us. All episodes that have ever ran since October of 2019 are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website www.rss.com backslash podcasts. That is with an S. It's plural. Backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Social media, you know we're there. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. The personals, my name, again, Brandon LaChance, spelled L-A-Chance. You can find me on Facebook and on Twitter, I'm LaChance Writer. So L-A-Chance Writer on Twitter. On all of the mentioned sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the website, Facebook, Twitter, please like, review, star, all those cool things that help us out and get the word out about Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Much appreciated. If you have any questions, suggestions, you like or don't like something I or a guest said, or you want to become a sponsor of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please send an email to edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, much love, appreciation to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions, for the creation of the intro and outro beat that has been played on every single episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And Edge of Your Seat Podcast is brought to you by First State Bank. 19 locations across Illinois, going as south as Bloomington, going as north as Aurora and Chicago Burbs. Great people help you out with everything banking, everything, because First State Bank does everything. This is episode 258. This is a wrestling show, a youth wrestling show. We have Mason Munson, Bo Thompson, and Ethan Harstead. Mason Munson, we got twice. Last year, he won a wrestling championship as a sixth grader with Ottawa Central. 
This year, he wins a championship as a seventh grader. We have both interviews. The one from a year ago will run first. Then we'll go to Munson from this year, which happened in March. It is April 5th as we are recording this. So a year later, he wins another one. Bo Thompson is an eighth grader from Seneca. He won a state title, I-E-S-A style. And then we have Ethan Harstead, who is a coach of the wrestling club, the Ottawa Wolfpack. So Munson and Thompson won I-E-S-A championships through their junior highs. But when they're not wrestling for the junior high, they're getting coaching and part of a wrestling club with Ethan Harstead. So they didn't win these championships as a Wolfpack member, but the Wolfpack still gets credit for being the Wolfpack and bringing those championships to Wolfpack honors. And of course, their junior highs. So like I said, Munson as a sixth grader will be first. Munson as a seventh grader will be second. Then we'll go to Bo Thompson. He is the first ever Seneca Wrestling State champ. Not just junior high, but high school as well. No wrestler from Seneca has ever won a wrestling state title. That is nuts. He says it, and he says that it's cool, and he's glad he did it. But I just want to reiterate how awesome that is to be the first from a program like Seneca who has great wrestlers every single year. I believe they had five go to state this year. Awesome program. He's the first of any level. So congrats to him. Then we'll go to Ethan Harstead, Ottawa graduate, wrestling in college, and he decided to devote some time to coach kids, and he formed the Ottawa Wolfpack. This was the first year for the Wolfpack. Yeah, the first year. And he had five wrestlers win a state title of some sort. Munson and Thompson won IESA state titles. Then Carter Noonan and Kane Dauber won Illinois Kids Wrestling Foundation titles. And then Max Noonan won a Bantam State title, which is wrestling for the younger kids. So first year club, Ethan Harstead coaches these kids to five titles. Congrats to everybody in the Wolfpack for having a great year, improving their skills, and for Ethan making a difference while he's in college, while he's doing everything that a young 20-something kid is doing, and he is improving wrestlers and making a change. Congrats to everybody involved. It's a great story. We had to have it here on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We have great sponsors. Already mentioned First State Bank, who brought you the show. Mendota Ford, who's been with us for over two years. Surf Internet, amazing provider of fiber internet. Now we are happy, thrilled to add Artiaga Tree Service and Landscaping to the Edge of Your Seat podcast sponsor family. We really appreciate it. We're happy to be a union, a partnership, and we're going to keep this running. Thank you for sponsoring Edge of Your Seat podcast and backing these young athletes, coaches, everybody that we have on here and helping shine a spotlight on them. So let's hear the first ad for Artiaga Tree Service and Landscaping. Believe it or not, sunny, beautiful weather is just around the corner. This means you'll want your lawn looking just as good as the sun rays feel. Artiaga Tree Service and Landscaping is the definition of lawn beautification. The company offers tree removal, lawn care, stump grinding, and spring and fall cleanup to residential and commercial customers. 
Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping is fully insured and offers a great senior citizen discount. Call 815-878-7504 for a free estimate from Arteaga Tree Service and Landscaping. I don't know about you, but after I'm working on the yard or even watching someone else do the outdoor manicuring, I know I get hungry. Coming soon to Little Joe's Gaming Cafe is a kitchen serving a variety of good eats. Go to Little Joe's located at 713 Illinois Ave in Mendota or call 815-538-4900 for more information. Episode 258 will also include win-lose stat and mix and match. Win-lose stat is us going over high school wins, losses, accomplishments, statistics, all those good things. We're going to break down the rest of the winter state tournaments. And mix and match, we go through some national topics real quick, share some opinions of your host, Brandon LaChance, and keep in tune to what's going on in the world. So we'll start with win-lose stat, breaking down the postseason tournaments of girls wrestling, boys basketball, and boys swimming and diving. Girls wrestling was February 24th and 25th at the Grossinger Motors Arena in Bloomington. They had the sectional two weeks before the state titles. They did not do it week to week like other sports do. They did it a two-week difference. But having a girls state wrestling tournament, this is only the second one. And it's really awesome that they're doing this. Since it's just getting off the ground, there's only one class. But we had a lot of girls competing for state titles, getting medals, doing their thing. We'll start off at 105, the 105 weight class. Finishing eighth was Alex Gregorio from DeKalb. At 110, finishing fourth, Morris Jr. Ella McDonald, as she finished with a 33-13 and 13 record on the year. At 115, finishing fourth, Ashlyn Strenz of Sandwich. She's a junior and finished the year with a 25-16 and 16 record. Finishing the year at 37-4 and four is 120-pounder Yamlet Aguire from Yorkville. She's a junior and finished second. Runner-up spot at 120. Wish she would have had 38-3 and three record, but finishing second, runner-up in the second girls' state tournament. That's awesome. Just awesome. At 130, we had two placers as El Paso Gridley sophomore Savannah Hamilton took second at 130. She had a 21 and 11 overall record and taking eighth at 130 was Sammy Greason from Seneca. At 145, taking second was Valerie Hamilton from El Paso Gridley. The junior had a six and one record on the year. At 170, finishing eighth was Bailey Herr from Putnam County. And at 235, taking eighth was Juliana Thrush from Ottawa. Congratulations to all the girls, all the competitors throughout the entire year, and including the state placers that got to experience the last tournament of the year. Let's move to boys basketball. We're going sectionals to state. The last episode, 257, had boys basketball from the regionals, regional quarterfinal, semifinal, and championships. So the sectional semifinals were February 28th. The sectional finals were March 3rd. The super sectionals were March 6th. And the state finals were March 9th through 11th. Class 1A Putnam County sectional semifinal. Serena defeated Chicago Ellison 50-29. to 
And in the other semifinal, Midland fell to Chicago St. Francis de Sales, 80-71. This set up a sectional championship with Serena and St. Francis de Sales. And Serena lost by three points, falling to St. Francis, 59-56. Class 1A Elgin sectional in a semifinal. Hinkley Big Rock season was ended with a 59-49 loss to Chicago Marshall. In the Class 2A Geneseo sectional in the semifinals, Princeton defeated Riverdale 77-40. In the other semifinal, Rock Falls lost to Rock Ridge 66-46. In the championship game of the 2A Geneseo sectional, Princeton fell to Rock Ridge 64-46. In a Class 3A Galesburg sectional semifinal, Sterling's season came to an end against Metamora, 72-70. Sterling won basket, one possession, shy of advancing to the sectional championship. The state titleist in boys basketball this season in 1A. Sorry if I say this Catholic school wrong. No offense whatsoever. Just never heard of it before. Jabal. Catholic in Waterloo was the 1A champion, in 2A, DePaul College Prep, in 3A, Metamora, and in 4A, Moline. Shout out to Metamora. I don't remember who it was, but I met a fan at a basketball game. He was from Metamora. We were talking about the team, and I'm like, hey, they're really good this year. And he's like, yeah, they've had better squads, but this team's pretty good. And then they go on and win a state title. So, (laughs) they have had better squads or good squads. I don't know about better. I do not know about better. But they've had a lot of good basketball teams. The program's pretty solid in Metamora, and they win a state title. Moline winning the 4A title. Special shout-out to Jeremy Aiken, the WLPO news director, who I'm good friends with and I work with closely. He went with his father and his brother, you know, to their alma mater and got to watch them win a state title. Very special moment for him. And i so happy that they got to do that. That's something that's really cool. Very, very cool. Boys swimming and diving. The sectional was February 18th. And the state tournament or state meet was February 24th and 25th. In swimming and diving, there is no classes. Everybody is against everybody. Sectional wise, United Township sectional. Galesburg won it with a 287, Sterling came in third with a 161, and LaSalle Peru was fifth with a 130. Advancing in their individual meets, the 50-yard freestyle came in second with Skylar Jolima, a senior from Sterling. He had a 21-49. In the 100-yard freestyle, Skylar Jolima was second again with a 47-30, advancing to state in two events. The Lincoln Way East sectional. Lincoln Way East won with a 273. Morris came in seventh with a 118. Advancing to state for Morris in the diving event. Finishing fifth, Morris Jr. Tayden Murphy with a 288.05. And finishing sixth, another Morris Jr. Richard Hernandez scored a 281.65. Advancing in the 50-yard freestyle, was Cameron Jones as the senior won with a 4-minute, 47.62-second swim. The Richard Jefferson sectional. DeKalb won with a 2.30. Byron was third with a 199.5. Congratulations to the Barbs for winning a sectional title 
swimming and diving sectional. That is not easy to do. 200-yard medley relay. Byron won it with a 137.95 behind senior Levi Shamper, senior Nathan Bell, freshman Gage Helfrish, and senior Tyson Polich. The 200-yard freestyle relay, DeKalb won that with a 129.03. Senior Noah Johnson, junior Max Pelicios, junior Kelvin Vandershee, and junior Jacob Grammer were accredited for the win. Individual events, advancing for Byron and DeKalb to the state meet. 200-yard freestyle, winning was Byron senior Nathan Bell, with a time of 1 minute 56.96 seconds. 50-yard freestyle DeKalb Jr. Jacob Grammer with a 21.55. 100-yard butterfly. Winning was Byron Sr. Levi Shamper with a 51.16. 100-yard freestyle Jacob Grammer, the junior from DeKalb, once again with a 47.61. 500-yard freestyle Byron Jr. Gage Helfrich, 4 minutes 54.93 seconds. 100-yard backstroke, Byron Sr. Levi Shamper once again with a 54.40. Byron Sr. Tyson Pulich won the 100-yard breaststroke in 59.69 seconds. At state, we did not have any representatives medal. Hinsdale Central was on top of the team standings at state with a 2.53 for a state title. Congratulations to all our local swimmers toured up in the pool these times were very, very fast. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account? Pay off a high interest credit card? Or take that vacation you have always wanted? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply, there are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but no worries. You can apply for one of those online also. Check out FSB Premier's account that pays higher interest for doing a few simple routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quillo loan with a newer existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. Mix and match. Let's mix and match some stuff up. Start with the Bulls. They played tonight and lost 105-92 to the Milwaukee Bucks, which I kind of suspected. The Bulls have now played 80 games as they're 38-42. and 42. They sit in the 10 spot, the last spot of the play-in. They are three and a half games ahead of the Orlando Magic, who are the 11th spot in the Eastern Conference. So, I think it's safe to say the Bulls are in the play-in. The three teams ahead of them that they would meet in play-ins. First of all, they would play number nine, Toronto Raptors. And if they beat them, then they would play the loser of number seven, Miami Heat, and number eight, Atlanta Hawks. The winner obviously would already get a spot in between the seven and eight. Again, the Heat and the Hawks. I don't see a good end to the season for the Chicago Bulls. The Raptors would beat them. The Hawks just scrubbed them a couple days ago. I hate to say scrub, but it was over. Like, it was it was easy over. Like, the Hawks just walked all over the Bulls. The Heat have done the same. So, I just, I mean, I love the Chicago Bulls, and I want them to win. And, hey, they got a shot with this play-in. 
but honestly, I don't think they have a shot with the plan. And even if somehow by the gracious hands of the powers to be that they get into the playoffs, like they win the plan, get an eight seed, they're going to meet the Milwaukee Bucks who just beat them tonight. So I pretty much think the season's over. It's been a good ride. There's been awesome signs of brilliance and then signs of collapse and don't know how to play defense whatsoever. I think that's who the Chicago Bulls are right now. I don't know what changes because coming into the season, I thought Chicago had a great team. It just didn't work out that way. So we'll see what happens. See any off-season movement, any trades, any pickups. See what happens. You know, the sky's the limit. They got some talent and they got a fan base. I, I like Billy Donovan. I think he's a good coach. So I think all the things are in place for the Bulls to be good. They just weren't this year. And the Bucks. They are 58-22 and and have a three-game lead over the Boston Celtics for the top of the Eastern Conference. The Bucs are going in as the number one seed, and they're going to demolish whoever they play in the first round. And I've been watching a couple Milwaukee Bucks games lately. I've seen Nikola Jokic for the Denver Nuggets play. I've seen Joel Embiid for Philadelphia 76ers play. And obviously, from watching Bucs games, I've seen Giannis Antetokounmpo play. Those are the three candidates for MVP, and honestly, this is how I would rank them. I'd go Giannis, Embiid, Jokic. All three are great players. Jokic is amazing. I just think what the other two do on the court, I don't know, because they all do so much, but Giannis is just so physical and so, you can't stop him. You, you just can't. But I guess you could say the same for the other two. I just love Giannis's game. I love Embiid's game, and I love Jokic's game too. I just think that Giannis is the MVP this season. I'm not really looking at stats. I mean, they all have great stats. You know, you change a number around or whatever, and they're all virtually the same. It's what they mean to the team, and they're all the best player on their team and the best players in the league. It's just who the voters like the best. Bucks have been dominant. They have looked great. They've only lost 22 games. And Giannis is a big part of that. The Nuggets have lost 27 games. They're 52-27. and 27, Have a two-game lead over the Memphis Grizzlies in the West. And Embiid and the 76ers are 52-27. and 27, And they are locked into the third seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. So all great teams, you know, doing their thing. I just think Giannis means more to his team. And they're just dominating. Just dominating everything. Moving on to baseball. Watched opening day games for the Cubs and the Sox. Mentioned them in the last podcast when we put that up. The Cubs beat the Brewers opening day 4-0. Lost the series 1-2. And then split with the Reds, so now they're 2-3. The Sox won today 7-3 against the Giants after losing on Monday 12-3, giving up five home runs, including a grand slam. I watched that. It was ugly. I almost cried, but I didn't. I held on. Hell no. Sox are three and three. So, I mean, Cubs are a game under 500. Sox are three and three at 500. I mean, it's a good way to start the season. Hopefully, they both can continue winning games. The Cubs look better this year than they did the year before after the monster trades and everything else. So, I'm excited about that. And the Sox, if they can stay healthy, are favored in the American League Central and can really play with anybody. So, hopefully, we see more of that. And the Sox just do their thing. They got the talent. Let's make it happen. Tiger Woods, in a interview, said he doesn't know how many masters he has left. The man is 47 years old, has been in car accidents, has 
swung a golf club since he was five, three. <laughs> I mean, he's got 40 years in the golf game and, you know, your body takes a toll and it's obviously taking a toll on Tiger. He's still one of the best in the world, still making it to PGA tournaments, still making cuts, still playing solid golf. But honestly, these guys can't go on forever, especially if you've been in the sport as long as Tiger has. So, I mean, it's going to be sad and it's going to be crazy. Sports without Michael Jordan. I know he's been gone for a little bit, but hey, I'm an 80s baby. Born in 85, grew up to Michael Jordan. Tiger Woods, I mean, he came around in the late 90s, 97-ish, somewhere around there. I mean, that's when he was tearing it up and I was 12. Tom Brady, same deal. Sports without those guys who were on the Mount Rushmore's of their sports, if not the Mount Rushmore of all sports. I mean, there's a lot of people that you can throw in there, but they're in that category. So to have sports without them, that's insane. (laughs) It's just insane. Speaking of woods or golf in general, the Live Tour and PGA watching Sports Center, and there's like some rivalry, bitter battle, picker, nitpicking, bicker, but uh, you know, all these little things, people talking smack. I mean, golfers chased the money and went to the Live Tour. It happens, every industry, whatever. So the PGA guys are going to get mad because they went somewhere else to make more money. I mean, I understand your loyalty to the PGA. That's why you stayed. And that's cool. But not everybody is you. I mean, I like the PGA. I haven't watched anything live golf and I don't know if I'm going to. I mean, I might. I I don't know. I I just haven't had the opportunity or haven't done it. But it's golf. It's just golf. So I don't understand why there's a rivalry. I mean, whether they're on the PGA Tour or the Live Tour, they're still the same golfer. It doesn't change anything. They just went for more money. That's it. PGA doesn't have loyalty to you. If you don't make a certain amount of shots, you're not ranked at a certain spot, you can't get into tournaments. They don't make exceptions for you. I mean, it's business. It's an organization. And the players that went to Live just made a business decision for them that they thought better themselves. If it did or didn't, who knows? They only know. But they had the opportunity to do it and they did it. So there's 18 live players that are going to play in the Masters. They can also play in the Open and the U.S. Open. For the Masters, once you win a Masters, you can always play. Always play. So it doesn't matter what organization you're with, you can always play because you won a Masters before. For the Masters, you have to have a top 50 OWGR, which is Official World Golf Ranking. And for the Open, you have to have a top 60 which makes it difficult for the live players because playing in live, you do not earn points for the OWGR. So if they can't earn points, I feel in the next couple of years as they go down because they're not earning points and other people are, they're not going to be as many. But this year, there's 18 live players in the Masters. We'll see what happens. See who figures it out, who does the best. WWE, UFC under the same umbrella organization, the parent organization, the big father organization, the loving mother organization, whatever you want to say, however you want to put it. Endeavor bought WWE, became a 51% shareholder. Vince McMahon still involved. He's given a title. He's still running WWE. Dana White still involved with UFC. He's running that. They're still doing their thing and they're not really going to merge like people thinking they're going to merge like they're going to become one giant wrestling slash MMA deal. No, 
No, no, no, no, no. I saw an analogy or I saw uh, an example. Disney owns Marvel, owns Star Wars, owns their own Disney empire. You're not going to see Elsa with a lightsaber against Yoda. Like, that's just not how it happens. So you're not going to see Roman Reigns in the UFC octagon with Usman or another one of their big guys. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. They're two different properties now of Endeavor. That's all it is. That's all it is. There's no merge. It's just Endeavor owns them both. That's it. Saving this one for last, the NCAA men's championship game was so boring. UConn won 76-59. UConn a four seed. San Diego State a five seed. Everybody was saying they were going to blow them out. I don't know if you call 17 points a blowout. I know I sure do. And the game was just boring. It just wasn't exciting at all. Basketball was played. And that's pretty much all you could say. There's not even one thing that I really remember that sticks out or like, oh my gosh, did you see that in this game? That that didn't happen. It, it really didn't. But congratulations to UConn. They won a championship as a four seed. That's pretty cool. San Diego State getting to a championship game? Amazing. As a five seed? Nobody thought they were going to get in there. In one of my brackets, I had them losing the first round. In another bracket, I had them winning the first game and then out the second. They obviously busted my bracket and a lot of other people's. Well, that is the end of the intro. We're going to get to our guest. We're going to hear from our amazing sponsor, Mendota Ford, and then we're going to get to the guest. So enjoy your night. It's April 5th or your morning, because that's when you'll probably listen to this, April 6th. And we'll be back real soon with another episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Until next time, peace. The interviews you are about to hear with Mason Munson, Bo Thompson, and Ethan Harstead are brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associate Jason Hintz pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for the last three years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for eight years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family, Ski and Jason, We'll make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead to find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. If you're outside of Ottawa, whether you're by Route 80, Interstate 80, or Route 6, you may see a sign. It's green, got a lot of words on it, and across it, in the biggest font of the sign, says Mason Munson, state champ, sixth grade wrestling. If you got two signs for you outside of a city as big as Ottawa, you have to be on Edge of Your Seat podcast. So of course we got Mason with us today. Mason, what's going on, my friend? Nothing. So you are an 11 year old state champ. How does that feel? Amazing. You've been wrestling for a long time, haven't you? Yeah. So going in this tournament, were you scared or were you like, hey, I've been doing this, I'm ready? I was a little nervous, but I knew that I worked hard enough to win it. 
Okay, so you were confident, but still like, hey, you know, I got to bring my A game. Yeah. As a wrestler, what makes you such a great wrestler? Why do you think you won the state championship? I would say my hard work and grit. Okay, so that means you're just a grinder. Yeah. How many hours a day during practice, or even, you know, not a practice, do you put into your wrestling skills and getting in shape? I like four. Every single day? Yeah, because I usually have, like, last year I had two two-hour practices every day. Every single day, two two-hour practices? Yep. At 11 years old? Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, what, you didn't do that? Have you always liked wrestling? You just grow up and like, hey, I'm going to be a wrestler. Um, well, my dad first got me into it when I was six, and I kind of just fell in love with it. So your dad, Matthew Munson, he kind of pushed you, and then you're like, hey, okay, I like this too. Yeah. Perfect. So now you're looking back and like, thanks, Dad? Yep. Saw the photos of you with the sign representing the Ottawa Shepherd team. You go to Ottawa Central. Seeing your name with the school, with your accomplishment, knowing your family is very proud of you. It's kind of elaborating how that made you feel. Yeah, that was awesome. I know you're young, but right now, is it probably the highlight of your life? Yeah. Coolest thing you've ever done? Yep. Better than a pepperoni pizza? Oh, yeah. A chocolate shake? Uh, that's kind of close. <laughs> <laughs> but it still wins? Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. And wrestling in Ottawa and where your location, that's not easy. There's a lot of wrestlers around there. Yeah. Do they push you? Do you feel like you got competition to, you know, make you try your best? Yeah, I had some great partners. Carter Noonan was probably my best partner. Shout out to him. That was Carter Noonan? Yeah. He pushed you? We, like, grew up wrestling together. Okay. He's got the strongest headlock? Yeah, he's, he's really good. When you guys wrestle each other, who usually wins? Mostly him. But we usually go back and forth because, like, we know, like, every move we each other's. Gotcha. So you guys are really good partners in where you, like, studied each other, and now we're going to push each other to make you better. Yeah. Gotcha. Anybody else you want to shout out to to helping you become a better wrestler and, you know, winning the state championship? Probably my brother. He put in a lot of time helping me. What's your brother's name? Mark Munson. And how old is he? Thirteen. Oh, so just a couple years older. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to my coaches. Awesome. What are your coaches' names? Elias Medina and Ty Beckendorf. What were some of the main things that they helped you with to become a better wrestler just this season? Elias Medina, he really pushed me and he helped my technique a lot and he helped me improve throughout the season. And then Ty Beckendorf, he really kept me in shape. Like those practices were tough. He was the guy that wouldn't let you quit running? <laughs> yeah. Did he have you in the weight room? Um, not the weight room. We would do, like, push-ups and pull-ups and stuff, and then we'd run. Just kept me in shape. Good stuff. You're probably still a little too young for the weight room, huh? Um, kind of. <laughs> do you ever sneak your way in there? Like, hey, I want to lift some weights. Yeah. That's a mark of a true wrestler right there. Is this something, I mean, you've already been wrestling for five years. You turned 12 the end of this month, May 27th, today being Tuesday, May 3rd. So you got 24 days until you're 12 years old. You've already been doing this for six years. Is this something you see yourself continuing to, to do to keep wrestling? Yeah. Do you have any further goals? When I grow up, my main goal is to go to the NFL. But I also want to wrestle at Penn State for college. 
Wow, those are some pretty big goals, my friend. Yeah. You realize this, right? How big a goals those are? Yeah. You push yourself every day like, hey, these are my goals and I have to work up to it? Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it sounds like your family, I mean, your dad started you in wrestling, your brother helping you keep going, and I mean, him only being a year or two older than you, I mean, it seems like he's going to be there too. So having that support, that's, that's going to help you, right? Yeah. But you say the NFL. Do you like football more than wrestling? Yep. Oh, so that's the sport. Yeah. Hold on one second. I said NFL, and my Google Home just went off. <laughs> hey, Google. Goodbye. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah, I started talking after I said NFL. That was pretty funny. So, you want to play football. What position do you want to play? Uh, slot receiver. You're definitely into this. You're not even just saying receiver. You're like slot receiver. Who are some of your favorite slot receivers? Cooper Cup, probably my favorite. Stephon Diggs, probably like my top two. Cooper Cup should have been the MVP, not just the Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Triple Crown. Yeah, definitely. Triple Crown, the best wide receiver in the game. His team wins the Super Bowl, and they give it to that punk out in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Please tell me you do not like Aaron Rodgers. No. Good. Are you a Bears fan? Yeah, kind of. Kind of? Oh, that's a kind of. Do you have a team that you like better? The Bills. In Buffalo? Yep. You do realize, if you're in Ottawa, Illinois, that Buffalo is on the other side of the country. I know. <laughs> but you're like, hey, it doesn't matter? That's my team? Yep. Have you always been a Bills fan? Not really. So what made you become a Bills fan then? I really love teams that have like a good being wide out. So Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, they have like really good chemistry. So I just like loved the team after I saw them play. So like, hey, I see their chemistry. I like how they work. That's my team. Yeah. Gotcha. What team did you like before the Bills then? I remember. <laughs> You're like, it's so long ago, even though it's only been a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch the Super Bowl? Yeah. Did you want the Rams to win? Yeah, I wanted OBJ to get a ring. He did, and he was playing awesome before he got hurt. Yeah. So even though you like Buffalo, it seems like you watch the entire league and you like players all over the place. Yeah. Who's your favorite player? I know you already said slot receivers. Who's your favorite player in the NFL? That's a tough one. I'm gonna have to go. Can I do top three? Sure, let's do a top three. They cannot be from Buffalo. Justin Jefferson, probably Jonathan Taylor. So Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor, and who's the first one? Tyreek Hill. Tyree Kill. He just left the Chiefs. He is... Dolphin. There you go. Yep. He went to Miami. Jonathan Taylor, is he a Colt? Yep. And then Justin Jefferson, he's a Viking. Yeah. Good list. Good list. Thank you very, very much, Mason Munson, for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Talked about your wrestling state championship, sixth grade. Congratulations. Hopefully you can continue to do it as you move on. It sounds like that's what you want to do for Ottawa Shepherd and so far and so far, Ottawa High School. And, you know, your big dreams of going to Penn State to wrestle, play football, go to the NFL. That would be amazing. Thank you again yeah. for joining us. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. At the beginning of the show, you heard the interview that 
Mason Munson and myself had when he won a state championship as a sixth grader in wrestling. Fast forward a year, seventh grade, and he goes and wins another IESA state wrestling championship. Mason, are you just collecting championships? Is that what you're trying to do here? Yep. <laughs> so how many do you got now? I got you a two. Do you got more than two? No, not yet. Not yet, but you're keeping room to stack those up when you get that chance, right? Yeah. <laughs> what was the difference from this year to last year? I mean, sixth grade to seventh grade, people would get bigger. Yeah. I feel like it was definitely harder this year. Got it done. Nice. What was it at the state tournament that, you know, helped you propel and win another state championship? What was it about your wrestling that helped you get that? I know I couldn't, like, rely on strength because most, most of the kids were bigger than me. So I was um, using a lot of speed and technique, and it was working. Okay, and you won a state championship this year at 80 pounds? Yep. What weight class were you in last year? 70 pounds. Oh, so you gained 10 pounds. Yeah. Is it muscle? Yep. <laughs> you been in the weight room? Oh, yeah. Nice. That a boy. How much can you bench press? Could you bench press me? I'm 230 pounds. Um, maybe. Maybe? I mean, if you eat your Wheaties or some spinach, you might be able to. Yep. What is it about wrestling? I mean, last year win a state championship, this year win a state championship, and you're like, hey, I want to win more. What is it about the sport of wrestling that you love so much? I just love, like, how it's not really, like, a team sport. If you win or lose, it's just, like, like, it's your fault, and, like, it's on you if you win and stuff. So you can't blame anybody. You can rely on them and, you know, get help. But at the end of the day, in the wrestling mat, it's on you. Yeah. So you like that. You like having the responsibility, like, hey, this is my game. I'm going to win or lose. Yep. Okay, okay. Do you like any team sports or do you play any team sports? Yeah, I play football. Yeah, you had some uh, football thing going on today, didn't you? Yeah. Was it a practice? I had a seven-on-seven tournament. Oh, okay, okay. How did that go? You gave me three now. Nice. So you took care of business today. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. On the football field, do they use you for your speed? Yeah. You're the fast guy, huh? Yep. Talk about using your speed in wrestling. I mean, obviously, when somebody first thinks about wrestling, you think about big, strong, tough guys. And even at uh, your level, seventh grade, there's some big kids. You know, speed is a very important thing, too. How do you use your speed to maneuver in the mat? I use my speed a lot to set up my shots. So, like, I got a circle, get in the step, and then shoot. Okay, and then when they do that, you just kind of jump on. Yeah. Okay. Or I guess you shoot and attack, sort of, kind of. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. And outside of IESA school wrestling, you're on a wrestling club, right? Yeah. What club do you wrestle for? I'm a wolf pack. How long have you been part of the wolf pack? This is my first year. Is there a difference between wrestling, club wrestling, and school wrestling? Yeah, club wrestling is definitely like a lot harder and like more like fast paced. Okay, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's tougher wrestling in the club? Because the club has a lot of guys like wrestling year round, and it's a lot better. So they kind of more dedicated to the sport. They're doing their thing. Yeah. Gotcha. And you're one of those guys as well, though. Yeah. Are you wrestling year round? No, I do, like, football in the fall. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I mean, you're, so you're still sort of kind of wrestling. Football's aggressive. Yeah. Still playing contact sports, at least. Yep. Good stuff. Which sport do you like better, football or wrestling? 
Football. Gotcha. Is that your number one love? Yeah. Okay, okay. Do you pay attention to the NFL? Yep. What's your favorite team? The Bills. I wonder if we had this conversation last time, because it sounds familiar, because I don't know very many Bills fans in Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite Bill? Uh, Stephon Diggs. Mine too, actually. I had him on a couple of fantasy teams for the last three, four years. I love that guy. Same. Do you think there's any way the Chicago Bears could make a trade with the Bills so we can have him? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> you mean there's nobody from the Chicago Bears that you want in place of Stefan Diggs? Nope. Yeah, probably not worth it either. But I would love I'd love to have him. <laughs> All right, Mason, anything else you want to talk about before I let you go? I love you, Michelle, my coaches, Ethan Harston, Micah Kruger, and Matt Kruger, and my training partner, Carter Noonan. Awesome. They helped you out a lot this year, huh? What are some things that they taught you that made you a better wrestler? Ethan really helped me use my speed to my advantage in wrestling. So I thank him with that. And then um, Micah really helped me with my technique and getting better. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, Mason Munson of Ottawa, IESA State Championship, two years in a row. Last year, sixth grade. This year, seventh grade. Man, hopefully you're starting to build a trophy case and make room for the extra ones that are coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. Sticking with the Ottawa Wolf Pack, we got another Wolf Pack member with us right now in Bo Thompson, state champ. Eighth grader. It's got to feel good to be a state champ, Bo. Yeah, it, it does. Is this your first state championship? Uh, yes, it is, actually. So what was going through your head, knowing that you just... Won a state championship. I had too many things to count. I was celebrating. I just did something that no one in wrestling history for Seneca has done. It's a really great feeling and super excited. So you're the first kid from Seneca to win an eighth grade IESA state wrestling championship? Yes, and also we have never actually had anyone win in high school either. Wow. So now you're going to try to set that one too, huh? Yeah. That is awesome. So what does that mean to you to be the first wrestler ever in Seneca to win a state title? Uh, it, means, it means a lot, knowing that I put in all that work and it actually worked out for me uh, pretty good. What weight class did you win the title in? 119. What is it about your wrestling that you think helped you throughout the season, helped you you know, throughout the tournament, and obviously won a state championship? What was it about your wrestling that put you above the rest? Um, it's really that I just kept moving, never stopped, never showed any signs of weakness or showing any signs of being tired. It just keep going, keep pushing, no matter what the score is, no matter what time's on the clock, just keep going. Awesome. So you just had a motor and just didn't let it turn off? Yeah. Good stuff. Is wrestling your favorite sport? Yes, it is. 100% my favorite sport. Do you play any other sports? Uh, yeah, I do... Baseball and football and golf. Oh, so you're pretty athletic. You do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. What is it about wrestling that you like better than golf and football and, you know, the other things that you do? Baseball. Well, it really just keeps in shape for every sport, and you just feel really good. It's really an emotional sport, so those highs are pretty high, and it feels really good to be on that high note. 
Let's talk more about the Ottawa Wolfpack. Sounds like there's a lot of great wrestlers there. Obviously, you won a state title. Mason Munson, who is on this very show, won a state title at IESA as well. Had a couple win state titles at IKWF. Had another state champion, you know, the lower age groups. I mean, five state champs in one wrestling club. That's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Does that make you want to go to practice more, knowing, you know, hey, there's caliber athletes here, and the coaches are pretty good, too? Yeah, it does. So, um, I've never done freestyle in my life, so I've actually been going to freestyle practices with Wolfpack, and it's been really fun. So you've gotten to know these guys and see that they can wrestle? Yes. Is it kind of cool being not just in a wrestling club, but you're in a Wolfpack? It's kind of like, uh, you know, tough. Like, hey, I'm a wolf in a pack. Yeah, we're all really close together. We all protect each other, we all mess around with each other, just really tight group, really fun group. We're all pushing each other to our limits, but just trying to keep it cool. Good stuff. And it sounds like you you guys are all having fun. Yeah, we're all having fun. And it makes it more fun when you win some state titles. Yeah, it makes it way more fun. <laughs> a lot more enjoyable. For sure, for sure. Obviously, winning a state title, you know, the first thing you're thinking is like, hey, you know, I got to work on this. This wasn't as good. But probably by now, you're like, hey, for next year, I need to do some things different, need to work on some things. What are some things that you're thinking about working on harder going into, you know, the next competition? Looking forward to, like, improving my shot, reshot, trying to take more angles, create more movement. And then on bottom, want to be more explosive, get hand control a lot faster, try and get up faster because in college, those precious seconds when you're on bottom or everything in the match for sure you need every one of those little precious seconds yeah bo thompson eighth grader from seneca the first in program history not just you know elementary junior high but nobody has won it at seneca high school either i didn't know that so when you told me that i'm like whoa this dude did something that nobody has ever done in the history of seneca wrestling so congrats Man, you're a state titleist. You're like you're you're a state champ. You are the champ. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast and sharing that with us, my man. You're welcome, and thank you for having me on the show. It's been a real honor. Hello, Mendota, Amboy, Ottawa, Rock Falls, Sterling. Resolve to make stronger connections with Surf Fiber Internet. Right now, get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers with gig speed and with all speed plans. You can add on a home phone for just $10 a month. Unlike the other guys, there's no contracts, hidden fees, or annual rate increases. Ever. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Wrestling has been very, very good to this area this year. Championships top placers in all ranks all throughout the grades wrestling has been very kind and our guest right now has continued his quest in being a great wrestler and helping out the younger wrestlers in the area ottawa native ethan harstead how's it going my man it's just going good how's it going for you not too bad not too bad uh just 
paying attention to all the wrestling accomplishments that has happened this winter has been insane so my goal as a podcast host is like i want to get on as many wrestling guests as possible this year because it just seems like this year was a more beneficial year for the area than others in the past. I'm not saying we've not had state champions or anything like that, but it just seems this year was an abundance of amazingness in the wrestling world. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think wrestling's been in the Ottawa, the Ottawa era's been pretty blessed. I think all these guys have uh, really put a lot of work, and they're kind of on the rise in their in their careers. Let's start with you, Ottawa graduate. What year did you graduate from Ottawa? 2018. So about five years out. Yep, exactly. Gotcha. And you are attending college? Correct. I'm attending Wheaton College, a small Division three school in the suburbs of Chicago. And you had some pretty awesome successes here as well. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate in my, in my wrestling ability. Obviously, uh, I had a pretty good career out of high school, and then I, I took that career on to uh, Wheaton College, and I've had a pretty successful career especially towards the end of the year is probably my most successful season in, in wrestling ever is this your senior year at wheaton so this is my fifth year i came back for one more year uh last year didn't go as planned i was in a little bit of bittersweet COVID happened my sophomore year so it allowed us to get another year of eligibility and i kind of told myself i'm gonna regret it if i don't take it because this is the last time i'll ever be able to wrestle in my life so uh i talked to my parents and i talked to some family friends and they said you know what go back and, and then just see what happens and enjoy every bit of it. So that's what I did. Perfect. I mean, if you got the opportunity, why not take it? Yeah, exactly. Because I knew, I knew I would regret not coming back more than coming back, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, no doubt. To stay with the team, to stay doing something that you've loved and been passionate about for pretty much your entire life, might as well get that extra year out of it. Exactly. Definitely. So how did the year go for you? What were some accomplishments, some things that you were able to do to make it a year that you call the best wrestling year of your life? You know, coming into this year, I kind of have a checklist of what I wanted to accomplish, what my goals were. After not qualifying last year to the national tournament, um, that kind of drove me and pushed me to really strive for these goals. So uh, the way D3 works is we have regionals and that's our qualify for nationals and top three out of your regionals makes it to nationals so only 18 make it to the national tournament and i was two matches away last year and this year i said my goal is to come back and honestly the goal is coming undefeated win a national title but i had goals before that where we have a huge tournament at Wheaton college the biggest d3 actually the longest lasting tournament in uh ncaa history besides the division one tournament it's called the pete wilson invitational we hosted, so it was, it was always a dream of mine since my freshman year to win that tournament, and that was my first checklist, and I came in, and I won that, and that was a huge accomplishment, but the moment was awesome because I had my, my Ottawa Wolfpack, which I, I coached that club team in, in Ottawa, and I had about 30 of my kids come down, support me, and, and cheer me on, which is an amazing moment, and something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And my next checklist was to win a, a conference title. I've yet to win a conference title, and that was my goal. God had other plans. I came in, I didn't wrestle great, and at a really tough conference, and I ended up taking fourth. But when I look back, that was probably the best thing for me because it showed me, hey, I, I'm not there yet. I want to win a national title, but I obviously got to work on stuff. And that really pushed me for, for regionals. And I came in the regional tournament, wrestled a really good tournament, won my semi, so I made it in the finals of the regionals. 
which means I automatically qualify because top three make it, end up losing in the in the finals. And again, that right there showed me, you know, if I really want to get to that next level, if I want to place at nationals, I got two weeks before the national tournament. I got to turn it up. I got I got to put in the work and and see what happens. And I came in the national tournament unseated. I pulled a pigtail because it's 18 man bracket, so technically. I had to win one match before I got into the bracket. If I won that first match, I pulled the number one seed in the tournament, the number one kid in the country, kid was undefeated, and then uh, national finals the year before that. And looking at the bracket, a lot of people would normally say, man, that's a, that's a crappy draw. And I kind of looked at it that way, but with my coaches like building into me, say, hey, we got a pigtail match. This is the best match you could have for a first match. It's going to get you ready for that, for that number one kid in the country. So I honestly kind of picked a or pray for a, a better a better setup. And I came in and I just wrestled lights out and I wrestled a, a great tournament all the way to the to the finals match and and it's funny cuz the kid I faced in the finals is a kid I beat 2 weeks before that at regionals. So, it's a really tight match at regionals. I knew I had to wrestle a perfect match if I wanted to win that finals match, and, you know. The kid came out on top, but I can't be disappointed with my outcome because I was very blessed to be in that situation and got that whole experience. And obviously, like I said, the, the goal was to win like a conference title was on my checklist, a regional title was on my checklist, and a national title was on my checklist. And obviously, I didn't reach all those goals. I was close, which makes it bitter, but I just got to be blessed with, with what I've had, you know. No doubt, no doubt. What weight class was this at? Uh, 141. Good stuff. So you made it real close to all of your goals obviously unfortunately didn't accomplish them and that's what you set these goals for but you couldn't have been any closer for almost all of them yeah and it's a bittersweet thinking about it but it's also like this is why we set goals and wrestling's a tough sport you know there's there's very little glory because of how much pain and work you put in to get there and it's like if you're not on top because every wrestler wants to be on top if you're not on top it's a brutal thing to swallow but it also shows you like you still should be fortunate with with what you've got and what you've done you know and for the competitive ones which if you're a wrestler you're competitive that's why you get into it i mean those losses especially the gut-wrenching ones the heartbreaking ones when you're right there almost at the top of the podium and then don't make it it just pushes you to the next one yeah, exactly. So, and that's the thing with wrestling, you know, when you when you end on a loss, most wrestlers that fires them up, you know. It's like I can't wait to see this guy again because I, I want to take it to him next time. No doubt, no doubt. And that is really cool that the Wolfpack, and we'll get into that. That's what I was gonna yeah. talk about next. But that was super awesome that they came out to that tournament and showed some love and support of you. It was a great moment. So we'll get into that right now. We'll talk about the Wolfpack, the Ottawa Wolfpack. It is a wrestling club for the younger wrestlers, and you're the head coach. Yeah, it's been a great experience. I, I worked with some kids in high school, the younger kids, and a few of the parents came out to me and said, hey, we're kind of sick of driving to the suburbs. It's just a lot on our family, and we're looking to, to build a program in Ottawa. There hasn't been a really consistent program in Ottawa. And I told him, I got one more year of college. I'll be all in for a year. I mean, it's going to be hard with competing in college, going to school, working a little bit. But I, w- I want to give an opportunity to these kids that, you know, I didn't have growing up because we always had to drive somewhere to, to compete um, and, and to train. So, yeah, they came up to me and we kind of put it together. And I said, I don't know how long I'll be able to do this, but I can guarantee you a year and we'll, we'll see where that takes us. So. 
So this was the first year, and starting off, you were telling them, like, hey, I don't know how long. We'll do a year, see what happens. And from what I understand, through the different ranks, IESA, IKWF, and the bantamweight before you get to IKWF, you had five champions this year. Yeah, it was awesome. I tell you what, the group of kids we had were great. And not even just on the mat, off the mat. They're great families, just really good characters, and I couldn't have asked for a better setup for a program. So, with the first year being done and having that kind of success, you know, you know, college is almost over, you're set to graduate soon. What is next for you and the program? Are you going to try to keep on to it, or was it a one-year thing and it's done? That's a great question. That's been something I've been praying about. Um, I don't know at the moment. I'm back and forth because I kind of want to experience my own life, move on to the next thing. Kind of want to see see the world in, in a sense. But also it's like I got my family that lives back in Ottawa and I'm really close to them and I love them. And I got nieces and nephews. So, you know, it's been something I've been thinking about. It's something I've been going back and forth about. I've, I've applied for a few jobs in the, the Wheaton area. But like I said, it's still not set on anything. So, and I, I can never say never, but I don't know, you know. For sure, you're at that crossroads. It takes a lot of thinking, yeah. a lot of, it's a process, man. Yeah, definitely. How far is Wheaton from Ottawa? It's about an hour 15, so it's not a horrible drive. And it's mostly interstates, right? Yeah, yeah. So at least you don't have to do the country roads, because that can be a problem. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> for sure, for sure. What is your focus in education? What are you getting your degree in? So I'm getting my degree in interpersonal communication. So it would be like sales and whatnot. Gotcha. So what are your career goals as you're applying for jobs and looking to see where that will take you? What are you kind of looking to do? You know, that's a great question. I came in as an elementary ed major because I love kids, obviously with the club program and stuff. It shows I love kids and, and building in the kids. And the more uh, I started to switch my major my sophomore year, and the more I think about it, you know, education could be the route I want to take. A job I applied for was uh, Wheaton Academy, which is a private high school in the area. I don't need a teaching degree for, for a private school. So I might dip my toes in the water there and see what happens. If I truly have a passion for, for building into kids, teaching kids, um, I might go back on a track where I do a fast track program for teaching. But I mean, it, that's why a job like that might be good because it's, it's only like a year and we'll see what happens if I like it. You know, I can keep pursuing it. If I don't, I look for something else, you know? So really, you just got like little roads or pathways that can lead you all over the place to anything you kind of want to do, which isn't a bad deal. Yeah, it isn't, but it's also like, what do I want to do? You know, I'm in, that, I'm in that stage of life where I graduate in about a month here, and it's, it's kind of getting scary because that real world uh, is about to hit here soon. You're like, okay, now this thought process time where I've had to think about this stuff and now I have to make a decision what am I going to do yeah exactly so it's like it's, it's kind of scary but scary but it's exciting you know because it's a new it's a new chapter perfect perfect uh let's go back talking about the Wolfpack I mean like I said five champions and you know it was a one-year deal but seems like you do have a passion for the sport you have a passion for kids I mean what were some cool things about watching them develop seeing what they were able to do and how you were able to help them I mean for a 
awesome athlete. You know, athleticism can get you only so far, but you have to have a coach as well. So you being the coach and seeing them develop and stuff over the season or the club year, what did that mean to you to be able to see that happening right in front of your face for the first time because you never really coached before? Yeah, it was an awesome experience. I mean, I've been very blessed with having great coaches in my life and great mentors. Knowing that and, and seeing how that has shaped my life and push the person I am today. I'm like, man, I, I'd really love to give kids that opportunity because I've, I've been wrestling since I've been six years old. I've done things the wrong way and I've done things the right way. I've been coached by the wrong people and I've been coached by the right people. So it's nice seeing all that. And then I'm like, you know what? I can see all the mistakes I've made and all the accomplishments that I made and, and, and then go out and coach. And, and I've, I've learned from experience. So going there and like building into the kids it was awesome. It really shaped me, too. I think that's why I wrestled so well this year. It's because breaking moves down, building into the kids, it, it also held me accountable for what I do. It's like, I preach all this stuff, like, hey, like, when we go into overtime, that's our time. We got to have our emotions under control because that can cost you the match, especially in wrestling. If, if you're going to break, you're going to lose the match, you know? At the end of the day, the, the greediest person, most likely the one that's going to come out on top. And when they came down to that Pete Wilson tournament, it was funny. My dad and I were talking, and my family friend Matt Kruger, who was coaching my whole life, were talking. And like, hey, it's a two-day tournament. You got to make that second day because they're coming down for that second day. Not only that, you've been preaching to these kids all year of, like, what you believe. Now you got to go out and do it. It's one thing saying it. It's one thing preaching it. But can you practice what you preach, you know? So it was awesome. I come down here the first match. We go into overtime. And I wrestle a tough kid, and then all my club kids are right next to the mat because they're in the stands. And I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, one of these kids is going to yell out, overtime's our time, because that's what I've been preaching all year. Sure enough, I hear, overtime's our time, coach. And they all start freaking out. I'm like, oh, you, you jerks, man. I better, <laughs> I better win this, or or they're gonna, not going to let this down. And like I said, I was blessed I came out on top in that match, which was great because, like I said, it, it made me – my, my kids kind of held me accountable for, for my actions, which was awesome because you need that, you know. And I, I realized that as a athlete, my coaches would hold me accountable. So it's cool because I'm holding my kids accountable for their actions, and but they're also holding me, you know. Just because they look up to me at a higher standard. So it's like, man, I really, I can't slip up. I got to be wise on, on the stuff I do and the decisions I make. So like I said, it was a great experience and working with those kids and, being able to, like, one, coach them, but build into them, you know, because me personally, I'm bigger and uh, at the end of the day, it's just a sport. What really matters is you as a person outside the sport, and that's something I've really learned with my mentors in my life and coming to, to Wheaton College and having a, one of the best spiritual coaches I could ever ask for, um, helping me to just develop in, into a man and hopefully one day a husband and, like, having him preach in and to me about that, it was great. I can have asked for uh, better mentors in my life. That is fantastic. I almost shed a little tear right there. That was a great story, my friend. It's definitely an emotional thing, like looking back and seeing how this year has ended up. And it's like I said, it's something I remember for the rest of my life. Uh, whether I, I keep coaching or don't keep coaching, hopefully keep coaching because I love the sport. I love being involved with it. And it's really neat to see one of my best friends who got me in the sport and I've been wrestling with since I've been six years old, Mike Krueger. Uh, he came in and helped out a lot with the program. His dad, who got me into the sport, who also went to Wheaton College, which is a huge reason why I chose Wheaton College, he had a lot of help in, in the club, too. And, and seeing that, it's like 
I wasn't there consistently once my season started up, which was hard. But having these guys that have been through my whole ups and downs of my career and of my life, and them still like building into these kids, and I'm like, man, I had the best mentor there was when I was a kid with wrestling with Matt Gruder, and he's he's building these kids, and it, it's 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 an awesome experience to see. Fantastic, man. I'm glad you went on this journey and you got that coaching part in there and the part with them coming and then saying stuff that you say to them back to you and then you overcoming and winning in overtime. And that's a great story. That is almost a Netflix documentary right there. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was funny, though, just thinking about it, you know, because I'm like, I knew the guy was going to wrestle. I'm like, it's going to be a tight match. If I go into overtime, be so ticked because I know my boys are going to be yelling. Overtime's our time, coach. And I, I heard it, too. And my dad was laughing. My dad and I were talking about it. He goes, man, your kids were chirping about what you've been preaching the whole time. And then you went out and did it. And it's cool. We got videos of it. And they're freaking out. I, it's funny because I think they're more stoked than I was. Because I was more nervous. You know, I'm like, I got to pull what I've been saying. And they're just freaking out. And I'm just at the end. And I'm just smiling, looking over at them. I'm like, oh, this is, this is a crazy experience. I love it. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, sharing that story with us. And, man, I am interested to see what happens next, you, what decisions you make, and, you know, where your journey takes you. But you got a lot of avenues that you can go down. So best wishes making those choices. I know they're tough. We all go through that, you know, points at the crossroads where we got to make a decision. So know it's tough. But it seems like you're a smart guy. Know what you want to do, so you'll find the right way. Yeah, hopefully I'll be praying about it and see what happens, you know. Hopefully it uh, leads me the path of coaching, and maybe it's still with uh, Wolfpack and into their high school careers. But, you know, we'll see. You go day by day.